Sarah here. As we discuss mental health and perfectionism in this episode, I wanted to quickly let you know that we've made something special just for you, just about this episode. If you'd like our tips and pointers in a printable at-a-glance sheet, we've got you covered. Just sign up to receive occasional updates from us at slphappyhour.com newsletter. And if you're already on our email list, you will get the freebie. Also, if you're interested in investing in yourself this fall, consider my autumn self-care course. The autumn course is focused on slowing down, playing more, and letting go. This course is a step-by-step guide for making this happen with goal sheets along the way to help keep you accountable. Visit our website for details, slphappyhour.com autumn. And now let's get started with the show for our discussion on this topic. Welcome to SLP Happy Hour. We are a podcast that discusses the reality of being a working SLP with a dash of an SLP happy hour thrown in there. Our goal is to help you find more happiness in your life and career. And today we're talking about mental health, our struggles with it, our experiences caring for our own mental health, and our experiences maintaining our mental health in this profession, at least as well as we can. Uh, Also, what kind of perfectionist are you? Uh, We're going to teach you the three types of perfectionists, and I'm a socially oriented perfectionist, and we'll go over the details later on in the show and and how knowing what kind of a perfectionist you are can help your career. I'm Sari, and I'm a self-oriented perfectionist, but I think we both decided we're a little bit of a couple of them, and we'll talk about that later on. And we've also added in a few listener favorite segments that you have to look forward to in this episode. Before we get started, just a few quick announcements. We love making freebies for you, and our featured freebie this month is a one-page to-do list and planning sheet that'll reconnect you with your values. Sign up for that, plus occasional updates from us at www.slphappyhour.com slash newsletter. And if you love listening to the podcast, we hope that you'll take a moment to subscribe and send a rating and review our way. It helps like-minded SLPs find our podcast. It helps us spread the word and it's greatly appreciated. So if you can hit pause now to share yours, we can't wait to read it and thank you. Now on to the show. So we're going to start with a segment called What's Up and What's Down, and this is really just a segment where we share what's going on in our lives that is either bringing us happiness or detracting from our happiness, and we always start with What's Down, and Sarah is up this week. Okay, so something that is impacting my happiness is I think that that feeling of self-doubt that you get when you've had a really hard session. And I think that something that I'm working on, uh, reminding myself, you know, I've been in an SLP for, I think it's been 12 years now, um, but I still feel that like sinking feeling, you know, uh, when a session really hasn't gone the way that I wanted to or the way I expected it to. So something I'm trying to remember is, you know, sometimes kids just have a bad day and that having a rough session does not mean that, um, you know, like I'm not doing my job well, But I've had a couple days lately where I'm just like, that did not go how I wanted it to go. I wish it had been better. Uh, What am I even doing? Um, So I think that that 
um, you know, imposter type feeling is pretty common in this profession because we have so many different disorders we treat. Um, so, so that's my what's down this week. I can absolutely relate to that. But we're going to go into my what's up. <laughs> and this week I am coming back from vacation and went to the coast. So my what's up is beachcombing which is something that my family has always enjoyed doing, which is just basically walking along the beach and, and collecting little treasures from the shore. And one thing I like to collect are agates, which is a type of rock. And usually I only find tiny, tiny ones about the size of a peewee marble, if you know what that is. It's a tiny, tiny little size. But I found the biggest one I've ever found, which was a little bit bigger than a ping pong ball, at this last trip and it is absolutely beautiful um, and I, I may get it cut to see what the inside looks like. <laughs> that is really cool. Yeah. And what do you do with your treasures once you've found them? Do you have a collection? Or... You know, I usually would give them to my mom to put into her flower garden, but I've decided after this trip that I think I'm going to start putting them in a jar and have one of those just pretty collection jars with these pretty stones in it. Mm -hmm. That brings us to uh, our next discussion, which is about happiness. What's something that's bringing us uh, just a slice, we call it our SLP slice of happiness, what's bringing us just a little bit of happiness these days. And uh, right now, here, here's mine, it's uh, just this quirky, funny British TV show. I'm obsessed with like British and Australian TV. <laughs> uh, and it's a mystery show called Queen's of mystery and it's on acorn tv which is a subscription but it's just you know strong female leads uh great like murder mysteries mm. and this very quirky funny narrator that if you've watched jane the virgin that, um, show. that narrator this narrator is similar okay. what happens in the show is different but the narrator is similar so if you want a little piece of happiness and that sounds good to you, it's just a show that's on Acorn TV called Queens of Mystery. I'm going to have to check that one out. So for me, a little bit of happiness that's going on in my personal life is my little brother is about to get married. He has been with his high school sweetheart for longer than my husband and I have been together or married. And... I'm so glad that these two are finally going to be getting married themselves. It's going to be a very happy occasion. I'm really looking forward to it. And um, I love my future sister-in-law, Clarissa. She's fantastic. And her and my little brother are just so good together. I'm, I'm excited to celebrate their, their love and their wedding. And speaking of... <laughs> We're just on a happy track today. Um, things that have brought us more happiness. Uh, we do have a, a piece of advice that we wanted to share today in a segment we called SLP Wisdom. Um, it's just things that we've heard that have brought us more happiness at work or home. And um, my quote that I heard this week on Amy Porterfield's podcast, um, I believe the person who, this is from James Clear, who's an author, Forget goals and focus on systems instead. And I really like that because I think a lot of times we make really vague goals for ourselves. Like we're going to do this or um, have this. And instead just being like, wait a minute. Um, for example, like if I'm going to build my, let's say you're an SLP boss and you want to build your Instagram following. I'm going to comment for five minutes a day. 
on other people's posts. Or let's say that you are an SLP who wants to get better at childhood apraxia of speech and learn more. You could say, okay, I'm going to put once a month on my calendar to do an in-service and it's going to be about childhood apraxia of speech. So I really like this idea that we're going to systemize and figure out the how um, instead of focusing on a big vague goal and that feels really good for me so it's something that I've really been integrating into my own kind of day-to-day life instead of like oh let's do this to be like okay what am I going to do every day to make sure that this happens and start working towards systems I love that because it we've talked about this before sometimes you get so caught up in taking on the whole elephant mm-hmm. right but when you make things more actionable and break them down, it becomes much more manageable, both mentally and, and I think in actuality, being able to complete the task if you break it down into the smaller steps. Yeah, we talk, we talk a lot about um, how do you, you know, how do you, eat, so what Sarah's referring to is the, like, you know, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time, right? Um, we talk about that a lot. I think an alternate name for our podcast is like, teaching SLPs how to eat elephants. (laughs) Um, We do. We refer to that quite a bit. Okay. So um, next up is uh, a conversation I'm really excited about, which is uh, perfectionism. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a topic we talk a lot about on the podcast because it's super important and Mm -hmm. it impacts our day-to-day lives and careers. And the question that we're hoping to answer today is what kind of perfectionist are you? I didn't know there were different kinds. So um, there are three different types of perfectionists. We will link to this article from Psychology Today. Um, The first is a self-oriented perfectionist. So you're going to have strict standards for yourself and you want to, you know, meet your goals and avoid failure and you will engage in stringent self-evaluation. And that one is the one I most relate to and how this kind of manifests for me is I push myself really hard. I give myself sometimes unrealistic goals, but then while that can be good and while that sounds great, if I don't meet those goals, I'm also very, very hard on myself. And I remember um, a good example of this is when you have to do self-evaluations, and I'm sure every SLP can relate to this because you had to have been observed or probably had to do smart goals or whatever you have to do at some point to evaluate your performance. And I am very hard on myself and I'm constantly getting told by my supervisors who are on the other end of the evaluation that I am putting myself down too much. And I think that comes from being a self-oriented perfectionist that I just, I push myself too hard and then I'm hard on myself when I don't achieve what I think I should be achieving. And it's nice to, I mean, the reason we're talking about these is they're helpful just in a way that we can um, get more familiar with our own thinking so that we Mm -hmm. can evaluate what's happening when when these feelings come up. Absolutely. Type two is other-oriented perfectionists. So they set unrealistic standards for significant others, like partners, children, and coworkers, coupled with a stringent evaluation of others' performances. if you are an other-oriented perfectionist, um, I can guess 
that you might feel like others are letting you down. In times of stress, you might have higher expectations of others and feel disappointed by them. Um, if you are an others-oriented perfectionist, go ahead and get in touch with us and let us know how that manifests for you and um, what you do when that comes up. That would be really interesting to know. And then the third mm -hmm. type is a socially prescribed perfectionist. I relate to this one and also the self-oriented. Um, they believe, so a socially, socially prescribed perfectionist believes that others hold unrealistic expectations for their behavior that they can't live up to. They also experience an external pressure to be perfect and believe that others evaluate them critically. So for me, how that manifests is I will have this idea that other people have these super high expectations of me that I'm not sure that I can meet. So one thing that I do when that happens is um, to check in with other people about their expectations of me, but also to try my best to have good boundaries before I work with someone or do a project with someone mm -hmm. where I lay out what, what will happen and what I will and won't be able to do. Yeah, you know, when I read about this one, I, I, I relate to it a little bit as well, Sarah. And one thing that I think socially prescribed perfectionists may be at risk for is I would guess that these people have a tendency to be ultra sensitive to others' feelings and emotional auras, if you will, in a room, and that they can uh, self-identify with other people's, especially negative feelings, saying that person is upset because of something I did. That person is grumpy because of something I did. What did I do wrong to make that person feel that way or act this way? And most, I mean, 99% of the time, it has nothing to do with you, right? And that can be really, really hard to separate yourself from if you are a socially prescribed perfectionist. Yeah, and I think for me, how I see that more is, uh, am I letting people down? Mm. Am I not meeting someone else's expectation? And that can be hard. If you've got a caseload that's big enough that you tend to forget who has which goal, you aren't alone. We are right there with you. Do you ever wish you could schedule your students in and manage their goals at the same time? Swivel is a web-based app you can access from any device that will help you schedule your students in and Swivel will rotate through all your students' goals to tell you each day what each student in every group needs to work on. No more forgotten goals. No more scrambling to collect data because you only worked on a goal twice. Goal management is too important to be stressful, so let Swivel help you conquer the goal management monster. For more information, visit swivelscheduler.com. If you're a private practice owner like me, you know how important it is to have practice management software that helps you schedule, bill, and saves you time. Fusion Web Clinic is an all-in-one practice management software designed specifically for pediatric speech therapists, physical therapists, and occupational therapists who need to save time and streamline their practice. With unlimited customer support, free onboarding, and an ever-growing set of features, thousands of therapists across the country use Fusion every day. We've got a special URL for a free demo and a $50 credit at fusionwebclinic.com slash slphappyhour.
So moving on from talking about perfectionism, we're going to move into a related topic, which is our main topic today, and it's talking about mental health. And first of all, I just want to say what mental health is, because I don't think that it gets talked about often enough. It seems like physical health gets all the pressure, and your mental health is just not given the same level of importance. And I think that's especially true for our generation. Um, and maybe it's because it's not as visible. We don't prioritize it enough. We, we get told, you know, we need to exercise, we need to eat healthy, we need to take care of our skin, we need to take care of our hair. We've got makeup tutorials, which is maybe not nothing to do with your physical health, but it's definitely your physical appearance. But we don't get enough information on our mental health or even enough validation for prioritizing our mental health so I wanted to open up this conversation by saying what it might look like for me when my mental health is declining. So when I've let things go too far, some symptoms that I, that I might feel actually take on a physical form, I could have trouble breathing. Sometimes I start to shake, like I'll have tremors in my hands. Um, I'll experience other physical symptoms like actual pain in my back, neck, and shoulders. Uh, I have arthritis and it will flare up. Um, when, when I'm struggling with my mental health, if there's changes in my routine or uh, just during any general stress situations, I could uh, break down and I might cry easily or just kind of feel melancholy and unmotivated. Also, I just wanted to share a story from the very worst situation what happened for me when I was in grad school, when I, when I had an anxiety attack, um, what this, what happened for me was I remember I was at dinner with my family. There was, there wasn't any stressful conversation or anything that was going on, but for weeks prior, I'd felt like I had trouble breathing and it got terrible when we were at the restaurant and I actually started hyperventilating and my husband had to take me to the hospital where they did all of these tests and all of these things to, to check what was going on. And I, I genuinely thought something was physically wrong with my lungs, only to find out that I was having an anxiety attack or a panic attack, which I remember I left the hospital with a huge hospital bill to boot. And I just felt terrible about myself and feeling guilty because I had this huge bill that I had caused my family all of this stress and it was due to something I felt that I had manifested in my mind. And I really struggled with that. But what I've kind of come to realize and the reason I'm sharing this story is this is nothing really at all to be ashamed and embarrassed about. It's, it's something we need to talk about more and learn how to help support and nourish our mental health in the same way that we support and nourish our physical health because it's, it is just as important and it can cause significant health problems down the road. I, we wanted to talk about that and share a little bit about our experiences. And something about stress and panic attacks in particular is... Uh, 
it might manifest at a different time, right? So it might be after a stressful event, once your body is calm. Mm -hmm. Um, Something we do know about panic attacks is they do come out of nowhere. So it's not like, oh, I did this, so this happened. They often come out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, just for myself, I relate to, I have to spend a lot of time and energy caring for my mental health. It's not something that just... Um, always feels amazing and is easy. It's something I have to invest time and attention to, especially since, you know, we all work in a caring profession Mm -hmm. where we're giving our energy, we're giving our love, we're giving our patience. (laughs) Uh, And so that's what we really want to talk about is a few things that have helped us. I think that it's really important for us to both, you know, share that this is not something that you know comes easily or is automatic it's also not something we want to ignore and then as far as we do want to share suggestions because this is something that you know taking care of our own mental health is something that we both put time and energy and love and attention into and it's something that's really important to us so we'd like to share a few things that have helped for us Um, they won't necessarily you know all help for you but sometimes it's really helpful to hear other people's experiences and also what has helped them feel better and of course as always whenever we talk about mental health we do want to mention that it's good to ask for help Mm -hmm. so counseling is something that i'll talk about that has really helped me and is ongoing um so don't feel like you're at it alone um seek help if you feel like that's what you need to do And now on to a few things that have helped us when we need to pay extra care and attention to our own mental health. So I think to start, I I think it's important just to get in tune with your mental health in the beginning. Be aware of your moods and your motivation and your energy levels. Where are you at right now? If someone asked you that question, are you okay what would your truthful response be? I know when I am in a poor mental health state, that question can set me off and I may start crying and I didn't even know I'd reached that point until someone came in and gave me that very caring check-in. Are you okay? (laughs) So think about what your answer to that question would be. And consider the things that make you feel better. Make a list If you're struggling right now to maintain good mental health, it's time to move those things to the top of your list and get yourself in a better mental state. Um, We talk about this all the time, but, but really try to not stretch yourself too thin. And if you are doing too much, I'm guessing you already know it or maybe you're pushing it to the back of your mind and still continuing to go on, even though you can see the strain on your body, it's there. So take some time off, take something off of your plate, you'll feel better. And if things are really hard right now, like Sarah said, ask for help. And this could look like asking for help with one of the many tasks that you're juggling. It could mean talking to someone that you trust, a friend or a family member, or seeking professional help. And if you are someone who needs medical help, good for you. There is no shame in needing medication to support your mental health. People take medications for their physical health all of the time, and mental health is truly just as important. 
Mm-hmm. And I actually grew up in a community where it wasn't okay um, socially to take medication for mental health. It was really regarded as a personal failing and there was a lot of judgment around that, mm-hmm. right? Like if you're feeling this, you should just take care of it or you should just be more, be better, mm-hmm. right? Be yeah. more religious. Um, so that's something that I think even if, you know, you haven't grown up in a community like that, things really do get internalized and, um, mental health is like, we've been mentioning something you don't see. Um, and that's not going to show up on an x-ray, but, uh, to treat it as, you know, something serious that deserves attention, even though you can't see it. And also to ask yourself if you have these internalized beliefs, like for example, that it's not okay to go to counseling or that it's not okay to take medication. Because I think a lot of us who think we don't have those, once we explore this, realize that um, we've kind of soaked in some of those beliefs from our communities. So speaking of which, um, I am a huge fan of counseling. I feel like it's so helpful to get um, an outside perspective of your day-to-day life. And to have someone who really has your best interests at heart to give you some day-to-day clarity and um, help you gain skills in this area. So counseling is one thing that's helped me. Next is slowing down and noticing things because often, for me at least, I might like replay a scenario in my head or overthink things. Mm -hmm. So I'm reading a book called The Art of Noticing and uh, one of it's full of exercises to just, you know, get, get us back into the present moment and out of our head. And one of, one of them is you'll sit outdoors if you can for, you know, five or 10 minutes and just notice everything that you hear. So pay attention to just one sense. Um, if you wanted to do everything you see, you could do that, um, instead, but just focusing on, for example, what do I hear for the next five minutes, um, to just help your body calm down, um, help you be in the present moment and help you experience, you know, being here now, as they say. Um, the next that's really helped me is exercise. I think that exercise is one of the best things I can do for my mental health. And there are some studies around, you know, like really hard exercise, like for example, like a HIIT workout is better than something that's more mellow. But I would say that depending on you know, where your energy level is, just do exercise that feels good to you. Mm -hmm. Um, It really does change my perspective. Uh, Journaling is something that has really helped me. I try to write just a couple pages every single morning, just get my thoughts out. And if journaling hasn't connected with you in the past, it may be something that's just not helpful for you. Or it may be that when you're journaling, you're focusing a lot on the past. I think, um, Something that helps me is to focus on the future, how I want to feel in the future, how I want to spend my time, and then kind of how to get there. That helps. Or to just kind of write out a difficult situation and then tell myself, okay, there it is. You know, that's, I'm going to move on. I'm going to not think about this. Uh, It doesn't always work, but it, it almost always helps me feel better than I did before I started. And then the last one is community. We've talked about community care before. There's self-care, taking care of ourselves, which people often assume that's like a solo activity. But there's also community care. There's this Mm. deep self-care that can happen when we're around people who love us unconditionally and appreciate us. So again, those really golden friendships. 
Um, so to make time for that, um, often when we feel bad, it's the first thing to go. We mm-hmm. don't want to add something else to our schedule and we become isolated from people around us. I can do that as well. So to just keep your community in mind. And I think the ultimate advice uh, that I got that has just been so good and I come back to during difficult times is to work on sleeping, eating well, and exercising in mm. those order, mm. in that order. So if you're not sleeping, be like, okay, I'm just going to focus on sleep. Once you've got the sleep, be like, okay, now I'm going to eat right. Um, and and to not make self-care or taking care of your mental health something that you feel like is just another to-do. Yeah, it gives you more anxiety. If yeah. possible. Um, but there, there are times where it's just going to feel like a lot. So that's what helps me. So before we go, we wanted to offer up a self-care challenge to you because... We love you and we love that you listen and it's by doing things and making changes that we can really reap the benefits of all this information. So your challenge is to uh, that outside activity I mentioned before, just sit outside for five minutes and notice everything you hear. I hear a bird, I hear a plane, I hear the car, I hear the wind. Um, To just bring yourself back into the present moment Mm. and to slow down. I love that, Sarah. I love the idea of just coming into being present in the moment and noticing the little things that we don't take the time to notice and focus on in the everyday uh, events. So this is important to do, and I forget to do it sometimes. So that's a good challenge and a good reminder. And we hope that you liked this episode of SLP Happy Hour. We hope you learned something along the way as we talked about just a topic that's really near and dear to our hearts Mm -hmm. and something that, you know, because we care about you, you listening, we care about you. And um, we want to bring this conversation about mental health and, you know, maintaining your mental health as well as you can while being in a helping profession Um, where there's a lot of emotions in our work as is. Uh, We think that these conversations are so important and we really hope to see conversations about mental health in this SLP space in general more in the future. Did you like this episode? Remember to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. In your review, take a minute to let potential new listeners know what to expect from the podcast and why you listen. And if you know someone who could benefit from this conversation today, perhaps someone going through a rough time, we all do, please share this podcast with them. And if you'd like to connect with us, we are at slphappyhour.com or on social media as SLP Happy Hour. We hope you enjoyed the show and that this was a little slice of an SLP Happy Hour for you. We've enjoyed recording it. Thank you for listening. Until next time.